0: Miracy. I'm David Newman, and you're listening to Making It. I run a business called Do It Marketing, and we work with thought leaders and experts to help them boost their marketing, sales, and revenue growth. I remember I was five or six years old, and my father, who's an economist, he has a blackboard in one of the conference rooms. They have an eight millimeter home movie of me in my father's office. and I'm wearing this little sport coat where they found a small child's sport coat. I don't know, but that's what I was wearing that day. And I take the chalk and I start writing on the blackboard and I start mock lecturing. So I pick up this wooden pointer and I'm pantomiming, pretending to teach something. I thought because my godfather was a doctor, I would be a doctor. So I was pre-med in my college curriculum. I entered college in the pre-med program, failed out of chemistry, physics, and calculus all in the same semester, realized, okay, I'm not going to be a doctor. So let's go back to the things that I love. I ended up majoring in English and drama, and then I ended up teaching English and drama and doing some professional theater in New York City while I was assistant teaching English as a second language at my graduate school to make money. So a friend of mine in the early 1990s says, David, you seem to be pretty good at this teaching. You can do that for companies, and that's called corporate training, and maybe you should look into it. And that's what got me started in my series of corporate training and consulting jobs. I worked with some managing partners and senior partners in this very big consulting firm and what I noticed about their behavior, very successful, they had great salaries, big offices, very fancy. These were the people that were the first to ask for help. These are the people that went to their colleagues, they walked down the hall, they stuck their head in someone else's office. Hey, can I borrow your brain power for 10 minutes? Hey, I have a big client meeting, do you mind coming with me? Hey, I have a huge favor to ask you. And so if you look at the corporate movers and shakers, There's this whole underground economy of you help me. Can I ask you for this? Can you lend me this resource? Can I borrow your brain power? Can I get your advice on this? And when I say it was shameless, it was completely without shame. There was no stigma attached to asking for the help or getting the help. In fact, I would say the most successful people inside that corporate environment that I was a part of were the ones that asked for help and accepted it The most often and the most freely. When I first started my business, I spent $3,000 on logo, graphic design, and stationery. This was 2002, granted, but we still had computers, my friends. We still had the internet. So I realized, okay, it's not about the trappings. It's about, hey, let's go get some clients. When I was first learning the ropes around sales and selling, I started putting my own spit on things and I started putting my own personality and I started, you know, sort of absorbing this in a way that was organic and natural to me. So once I started doing that, I became voracious. I mean, I was watching every sales video. I was reading every sales book I could get my hand on. I signed up with a fantastic sales mentor. And he says to me at one point, about halfway through our work, David, You seem really dedicated to being a better salesperson. Don't do that. Focus on being a better person and more sales will happen. And that just stopped me in my tracks because it wasn't about the tactics. It wasn't about the scripts. It wasn't about the techniques. It wasn't about the maneuvering and the closing lines and all the sales trickery that most sales training is built on. It's about are you genuinely curious About the prospect that you're talking to. Are you genuinely connecting with them on a deeper level than just got to get the check, got to get the check, got to make the sale, got to make the sale? Do you really care? Do you really care? Are you filled with caring and concern and curiosity for what that prospect is up against and how what you do can help them? If you're a better person, and I'd now, of course, in hindsight, that's brilliant, totally fantastic advice, You can have the world's best sales scripts. Your come from isn't right. You're looking at this from a self-centered, greedy, gotta get the check, commission breath kind of standpoint. You will not make a lot of sales. Find out what that person is really working toward. Talk 100% about their situation, their business, their career, their team, their family, their money, whatever area of life you help them with. And that's how, if you focus on being a better person, You will sell more, and you'll be a better salesperson. For some bizarre reason, I am a big fan of reading obituaries. So it starts with the headline, right? Sometimes the headline is very factual. Sometimes the headline is really about their personality. So fashion powerhouse, Karl Lagerfeld just passed away. And then reading the body of the obituary, not only what did this person do, what did they learn? What was their impact on their colleagues, on their company, on their industry, on whatever it was? And I read these, and then there's a demarcation point in every obituary where it goes from the narrative to you know so-and-so was born on this day in 1957. But the first half of every obituary, I would challenge myself and I challenge folks listening If you write the first half of that obituary, you've probably heard of this exercise or something like it, what can I practically put in place to ensure that the first half of that obituary, starting with the headline, starting with the descriptor words, and then into what I did, who I helped, and why I mattered, that to me is a beautiful legacy exercise that I revisit every so often. Entrepreneurial powerhouse. David Newman Passes away at age 107. Making it financially is not a number. Making it financially for me personally, I never wanted to worry about money again. I didn't want to make decisions based on the price tag of this or that. When I go out to a restaurant with my beautiful wife or my friends, I don't want to be going, well, this soup is $17, this soup over here is only $14 my parents are children of the depression. This is how they think. This is how they act. This is how they talk. And I think part of my entrepreneurial drive and making it is not having that depression era poverty mindset. Obviously, if you grew up in the depression, like they did, totally logical, makes total sense. It's all good. So making it to me financially is about not worrying about money ever again. Making it non-financially, is really about impact. It's really about how many people have you helped, how many people are you helping, and how many people are you in a position, if you choose to scale your business, how many more people can you help on the other side of that scaling. Making it is about helping others, and it's about doing good work with good people for a good reason to create a good outcome. And I think that, to me, is the definition of making it. I think that we're constantly, especially these days, in a process of not just learning, but unlearning and relearning about our profession, about technology, about the future, about things like AI. So my next iteration is going to build on everything that has come before. And it's really around community building. I don't think content is king anymore. I think community is king, especially post-pandemic. People don't want more content. They don't want more things to read or watch or listen to, except this show, of course. But they don't want more things to consume. They want more people to connect with. So think about consumption versus connection. Which one is a higher order value proposition. Content is great. Community is what keeps people going. I'm David Newman, and you've been listening to Making It. You can find me online at doitmarketing.com and doitselling.com. And we also have a free manifesto for you to download at doitmarketing.com manifesto. Making It is part of the Miracy FM podcast network, which also includes such shows as Just Between Coaches and Once Upon a Business. This episode of Making It was produced by Jeff Govitson and Cassandra Tepevine. That's me. Cynthia Lam is a supervising producer and Danny Eney is our executive producer. To catch the great episodes that are coming up on Making It, please follow us on YouTube or your favorite podcast player. And if you enjoyed the show, please leave us a comment or a starred review. It's the best way to help us get these ideas to more people. Thank you. And we'll see you next time.